Welcome to Israel Mosaic, land people's story. I'm your host, Kor Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Galilee, where my wife and I live. Thank you for joining me today. On today's podcast, I'll be sharing what technocracy is, its ideological roots, and goals for world domination, and how it can be challenged. Introducing Economist Patrick Wood Recently, Dr. Joseph Mercola, osteopath and author, interviewed Patrick Wood on the ideology and history of technocracy. Patrick Wood is a Bible teacher, economist, financial analyst, and American constitutionalist who is the author of the books Technocracy Rising, The Trojan Horse of Global Transformation, and The Evil Twins, Technocracy and Transhumanism. He shared with Dr. Mercola that when it comes to all things pertaining to the political realm, technocracy is the single most important concept that many people have missed and that the masses need to get a hold of and understand. After learning more about technocracy and listening to Dr. Wood's interview, I can attest that there may not be a more demonic form of governance that is trying to take over the world than the ideology of technocracy. Thankfully, Dr. Wood has dedicated his entire life to uncovering the mystery of what is causing a lot of the worldwide social upheaval and destabilization of life that we as people, animals, and nature are all experiencing at this present time. For most of our lives, so much of what was presented in the mainstream media, documented in history and science books, and advertised on television have been lies, false information, and cover-ups. Yet, through the testimonies of whistleblowers and freedom fighters, the truth is being exposed, deceptive lies uncovered, and the forces of evil and principalities are being confronted like no other time in history. As we begin to connect all the dots and assemble the pieces of the Great Reset puzzle together for ourselves, this technocratic and globalist agenda becomes clearer and clearer, and the dust begins to settle, and the mist and fog can start to disappear from our brains and our eyes. The Definition of Technocracy On many news platforms, we often hear and read the words technocrats and technocracy, but many people seldom understand what these terms really mean. Patrick Wood explains that technocracy was a movement that began in the 1930s during the Great Depression in the United States of America. During that time, scientists and engineers got together to solve the nation's economic problems and concluded that all politics were unnecessary. These elitists wanted to do away with all political parties in the United States, consisting of Democrats, Republicans, or Independents. These political parties were all viewed as stumbling blocks to their ultimate global agenda. They wanted to invent a new economic system from the ground up that would be the antidote and remedy to all of the other ailing forms of governance. 
Technocracy in simple terms is a resource-based economic system founded on supply and demand and on energy resources and the demonic nature of social engineering. Under these systems, companies would be told what resources they were allowed to use, when and for what, and consumers would be told what to buy. The ideology of technocracy is not only an energy-based financial system consisting of no cash, no checks, or debit and credit cards. It views humans as a quote-unquote bag of atoms and tiny molecules with no value at all. Human beings are not seen by the technocrats as made in the likeness and image of God, but only as creatures to be managed by the few. And those few are the scientists and engineers and the men who run Facebook, Metaverse, Amazon, Neuralink, Google, and Microsoft. The Scientists Above All At the very heart of technocracy is the satanic birthed idea that some people are inherently superior to all others. The term Ubermensch was used frequently by Hitler and the Nazi regime to describe their idea of a biologically superior or master race and became the foundation for Nazi ideology, the Holocaust, and all media propaganda. This notion that scientists are the supreme authority can be traced back to Henri de Saint-Simon, the French philosopher who lived in the 1800s. De Saint-Simon is considered the father of scientism, social sciences, transhumanism, and technocracy. He said in one of his essays, and I quote, A scientist, my dear friends, is a man who foresees. It is because science provides the means to predict that is useful and the scientists are superior to all other men. End quote. In a nutshell, the technocrats view the field and study of science as a means and avenue to manipulate all of society and keep the global economic engine running under their control exclusively. Technocracy Rescued by Operation Paperclip Technocracy flourished in the United States of America, but Germany was the first nation to implement it under the rule of Adolf Hitler. As Hitler rose to power, he saw that the technocrats were too competitive with him as Germany's sole dictator. He decided to implement a strategy that was first brought forth from the Chinese general and military strategist Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu was the author of the book The Art of War. He is credited with the quote, Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. This is exactly what Hitler did. He outlawed the technocratic party in Germany, but they still remained active in World War II as statisticians, mathematicians, physicists, and engineers. And it was their roles that proved to be pivotal, enabling Hitler's expansion and dictatorship. Hitler highly prized these scientists and engineers who secretly communicated with one another during the war and maintained their power base. After the war, Operation Paperclip 
a top secret, covert operation, took 1,200 of these scientists, engineers, and their families from out of Nazi Germany and brought them to the United States. Their resumes were scrubbed and sanitized completely, and they were fully absorbed into the American society. These same scientists, engineers, and technocrats that helped Hitler during World War II scandalously bypassed the Nuremberg trials and helped America to not only continue the practice of science and engineering, but become a superpower and develop the greatest space program in the world. Even though in the book authored by Annie Jacobson entitled Operation Paperclip, exposed and revealed America's undercover mission with the former Nazis, the totality of their evil has yet to be fully uncovered. The Trilateral Commission, a secret society. Throughout history, secret societies have moved and manipulated the powers that be in most countries to fulfill their political agendas. The Trilateral Commission's co-founder, Zbigniew Brzezinski, brought the concept of technocracy to the commission in 1973 with the financial support of David Rockefeller. The Trilateral Commission is a non-governmental, international organization that is committed to private enterprise and trade, multilateralism, and global governance. This organization almost took over the Carter administration in the 1970s and has dominated the American political structure ever since. Many U.S. presidents have been card-carrying members of this secret society, and the organization has immense power and influence. According to an article by Stephen Gill called Trilateral Commission, International Organization, he shares on the type of people that are a part of the Trilateral Commission. He says, Its members, more than 400 in the early 21st century, are influential politicians, banking and business executives, media, civic and intellectual leaders, and a few trade union chiefs. Membership is by invitation only. End quote. Building the Base like so many organizations, societies, and institutions before them, the technocrats are building their power base from the ground up. They have done this in a progressive and consistent manner and have engineered and manipulated circumstances to gain more and more power and control. The technocrats are making an end run around national sovereignty and assaulting the American political system piece by piece. 9-11 allowed them to push the Patriot Act, which sacrificed many of America's freedoms, and now they are trying again to carry out what they couldn't accomplish in 2001. America's civil liberties and the control of society are more at risk of being threatened than ever before. Ultimately, the greatest danger to the free world would be implementing a fully technocratic America with no political system except theirs. The reason they have not succeeded in fully implementing their ideology is due to the Constitution of the United States. The Infrastructure of Technocracy Author Patrick Wood 
in his interview with Dr. McCullough, said that the concept of infrastructure is basic to any economic system. You have to have infrastructure so the system works properly. The infrastructure that technocrats use today has to do with anything called quote unquote smart. For example, smartphones, smart farms, smart cities, smart growth, smart devices, sensors and cameras, and the Internet of Things that tie everything together. This type of infrastructure is very sophisticated because it's ruled by algorithms where there are no warehouses necessary and instant control equals instant production. What exactly are smart cities? When we hear the word smart, for most people, it only has good connotations. From the early stages of childhood, children are given tests to measure their academic abilities, to see if they have a high IQ and fall into the coveted and treasured 99th percentile of brilliance. This pursuit for excellence continues in colleges and universities when students try to get on the dean's list for academic achievement. Societies have conditioned their citizens globally that smartness will take us to new heights and open all possibilities for job advancement and having a successful life. Yet, has the word smart made us foolish by lulling us into being deceived by what the technocrats are proposing by creating new smart cities? On first hearing, the title smart city sounds great, but is there more to this name? In an article entitled, What Exactly is a Smart City? It says that a smart city is a place that uses technology to provide services and solve any city's problems. The main goals of this new kind of city are to reduce waste and inconvenience, improve social quality, and maximize social inclusion. However, according to political commentator Katie Hopkins, she paints a different picture of this smart city infrastructure in her home country of England. In Oxford, the city council there are proposing that its citizens live in six restriction zones that offer 15 minutes of freedom per day. Citizens will be living 15 minutes away from all schools, supermarkets, and doctor's offices and can only stay in one area. If people want to go elsewhere, they must go on an approved road when given a permit. She mentioned that you could live near your mom but not be able to even visit her due to restrictive zones. The monitorization and patrolling of this smart city is done by electronic gates and number plate electronic recognition. This architectural city plan is being done in the name of saving the planet and providing 15-minute lives of social equity for all its citizens. Does this sound like freedom? Does living in a city where someone can report you for driving your car too much sound normal? Is this plan of pushing people out of the farmlands, rural areas, and countrysides of society and introducing them to climate lockdown driving restrictions really a good plan? Is placing people solely in city centers, encouraging public transportation while harvesting data on them really about true freedom or political control?
Data is the new oil. According to statistics, oil supplies about 40% of the world's energy. Yet, there is another force that is competing with oil for global dominance and supremacy. Economist Patrick Wood says, and I quote, Data is the new oil of the 21st century. We said that for years now, and it's really true. Whoever owns the data controls the entire system. Data is more valuable to technocracy than any other commodity, and Google has been collecting this data for a long time. They have been analyzing it, and they have several techniques where they can use that data, weaponize it in a sense, turn it back on us, and cause it to modify our behavior. And this is right in line with the scientific social engineering concept. End quote. Technocracy's end game. We are living in a post truth era. Truth has become lies, and lies have become truth. Several years ago, the former engineer of Google, Eric Schmidt, became a member of the Trilateral Commission and is now working with the United States government to create systems for surveillance. Google weaponizes data by conditioning the feed that you see when you search for a certain term on the internet. It also happens when you start to type in a particular search and it gives you answers. It doesn't give you the ones that you are looking for, but the ones they think you should choose. Not only is this process psychologically destructive, but it is also a diabolical form of mind engineering. Technocracy at its very heart and core is based on the evil ideology of eugenics. One of the key topics that they like so much is global manipulation of the human gene pool. They want to manage humanity with a digital global identification, access medical records, and give vaccinations along with the capability of mind uploading. This artificial intelligence revolution is starting to take place right now by altering and changing humanity, by putting chips in human bodies and transforming mankind into machines. Are we seeing a coalition of technocrat elitists who want to eradicate politics completely and usher in the era of the Antichrist? Will this coalition of elitists try and force the global community to take the mark of the beast? Israel and Technology In the modern state of Israel, we are currently witnessing a radical dichotomy. This chosen country, whose roots go back to biblical times and a place you can travel alongside the ancient paths where Jesus and his disciples journeyed on, has turned into a startup nation and has come to be known as the leader in artificial intelligence and the innovators of the newest and latest technology. In an article entitled, The Israeli Technological Ecosystem, a Powerhouse of Innovation, it says Israel is an entrepreneurial powerhouse and a hotbed for pioneering technologies, profitable business opportunities, and high investment returns. For these reasons, it is no surprise that the world's leading multinational companies have all chosen Israel. Microsoft, Google, Apple, Facebook, Intel, and Toshiba 
are just some of the names in a long list of those who realize that Israel is their ideal investment opportunity. Furthermore, many multinational corporates, such as Kodak and Citibank and many others, have established innovation centers in Israel. The article goes on to say that with over 6,000 active startup companies and an economy dominated by industrial high-tech and entrepreneurship, Israel certainly earned its nickname, the Startup Nation. Yet, with all this technological success here in Israel, is there a price to pay? Is the foothold of technocracy here in Israel deeper than we wish to believe? What can be done? People in the West, and especially American citizens, have to realize that the United States of America is the greatest obstacle to the largest implementation of technocracy in the world. This is why there has been such a concerted political effort to dismantle the freedoms of America. One thing that citizens can do is get involved in local activism to take back local government. This supports the statement that all politics is local. Author Patrick Wood says that one of the most important local officials is the sheriff. They are responsible for enforcing or opposing tyrannical edicts from local, state, and federal government. They can make the government powerless on a grassroots and local level. City councils are also important. They can pass binding resolutions to protect citizens from the technocratic agenda. Americans at this time in history must know their First Amendment rights, which guarantee freedom of religion, expression, assembly, and the right to petition. When I attended grad school at the State University of New York at New Paltz, I never forgot what my professor, Dr. Judith Dorney, shared about building communities of resistance. I realize now that community begins at the grassroots level and can spread globally. Change takes time, but can happen with one person at a time. The Power of Prayer Most importantly, we can pray. The scriptures tell us in James chapter 5, verse 16, the fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Prayer has the ability to stop evil agendas in their tracks, overhaul crippling mandates, and debilitating lockdowns. Prayer can arrest these architects, engineers, and chief medical leaders of this orchestrated pandemic in the courtrooms of justice or in their very own homes. The Bible tells us in Psalm 122 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We can pray that Israel's leaders turn back to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and believe and come to trust in the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. And finally, global prayer can propel and ignite a spiritual revolution to where people's eyes can be opened through revelation and they can be healed from the effects of the COVID virus and from injury due to the COVID vaccine. Looking to the life of the prophet Daniel. In this age of biological warfare, we can look no further to the life of the Judean prophet Daniel, who was taken into exile to Babylon under the evil rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, 
the author Daniel shares a vision that is applicable and relevant to the times we're living in now. It says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with Him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. Although Nebuchadnezzar was an evil king who inflicted much pain on his kingdom through idolatry and self-worship, God had mercy on him, spoke to him in visions and dreams, and brought him to a place of humility. The same God who did that for King Nebuchadnezzar thousands of years ago can do the same thing for the leaders of this current unconscionable technocratic movement. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story, when I will be bringing you more news from the land. See you soon.